Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Besides helping us to make shows like this possible, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts like Tep and Step, access to all 61 years of the magazine in our digital archives, recruiting analysis, and must-see insight from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, we hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe that's texasfootball.com slash subscribe and thanks for listening the texas football today podcast is brought to you by chocolate milk built by nature you can watch texas football today live weekdays at noon at texasfootball.com and on facebook and if you like the show subscribe to the podcast vendor of your choice give us a positive rating and tell a friend yes yes from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership. Yeah. Beautiful Louisville, Texas. It's Texas Football Today, a show that's back from the weekend. My name's Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show i am sitting here sitting over there at the helm today back from her tropical vacation she was mm-hmm. just drinking drinking everything daiquiris out of <laughs> coconuts she's the duchess of the dork she's ashley pickle i didn't drink one out of a coconut but there did you were... see people drinking out of coconut yeah okay. there were like guy like people walking up and down the beach with oh, the yeah. coconuts and i th- i thought about it uh, let, me, let me tell you Bang to hype ratio is way out of whack for that. Didn't do it. I was there, like, I could just stay in the pool and go to the pool bar. There's so. also people. There's also people who like love coconut water. I am not one of those. I think it, it tastes like bad skim, sweet and, skim and milk. And also, I think like there, which is not real milk. I think there's like a there's some sort of like like a training benefit. Like I hear like people who are in shape be like, Oh yeah, man. <laughs> oh, so that's why we don't drink coconut water. It yeah. all makes sense now. <laughs> right. exactly. Today is Monday, July 12th, 2021, 136 days till Thanksgiving. Happy birthday to Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw is having a rough day. Uh, Luke Shaw, of course, scored for England yesterday mm-hmm. in the Euro final. And uh, that was the only goal they scored. And then they lost in penalties because uh, it's not coming home. Uh, <laughs> Today, this is episode 1,202. On today's show, my friends, we've got headlines from across the state, including, uh, believe it or not, more coaching changes. Whoa. Yeah, you were out of town. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was logged off. <laughs> more coaching changes. Yeah, I didn't hear from you at all. Um, and then, back half of the show, we will be joined by the uh, text to, uh, one, one of the guys out there at the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. I don't actually know what his title is. Um, he's... Uh, I just consider him the, the king of Lubbock. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carlos Silva Jr. from the Lubbock Avalanche Journal will join us to talk. Texas Tech state of the program. Talk about Matt Wells entering his third season out there in the LBK. We'll see what's happening out there. Do we have, they call it the Hub City, right? Sure. I honestly don't know that. 
Do we first four through the door? Why I confirm that? <laughs> you sure do. It was Aaron Arbuckle, Daniel Agnew, Rob Hadaway, and Hector Rios. Welcome in, fellas. They... The Hub City. What would Hub... Does it Hub stand for something? Hub City. I've only, I only yeah, see it's known. Yeah, no, it's, uh, there's a number of cities that are known as Hub City. One of them is Lubbock. Airport? Another is Far. Another is Alice. It's not even the only l- Hub City in Texas. What, what, is, what does Hub stand for? It's just like the Hub. It's like a hub. It's a place where you go. A hub. You're telling me Far, Texas? Has... I'm just, what I'm doing is I'm just repeating the work because I don't know. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Okay. Cool. <laughs> okay. Oh, we'll also be announcing the winner of the All-Star Inflatables uh, mascot costume challenge. Yes. Uh, we'll have that coming up here in a moment. Okie dokie. Let's get to some headlines from across the state. And we're going to start with a, uh, this came down, I believe, literally while we had Shahan J. Raja on the show on on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, we were, uh, that there was a, a pretty big transfer that came down for SMU. SMU has picked up Isaac Slade Matautaya. Matataya? Matataya? Sure. Matataya. Um, he was ta- he's transferring from Oregon to SMU now. Mm-hmm. He was a four-star prospect. He was the number two ranked prospect out of Hawaii in uh, 2017. He was a he led the team uh, in tackles last year. Um, uh, he had 65 tackles in 2019. Um, he played for the reason that if you're like, why is this? guy transferring from Oregon to SMU, the answer is probably has something to do with Jim Levitt. Jim Levitt yes. is now the defensive coordinator at SMU. He was a defensive coordinator uh, for Slade Matatia in uh, his freshman year in Oregon in 2018. There might just be the secret hub from Oregon to Texas now, though. Who knows? It may just be a, a path. It's like a little tunnel. Um, but in any case, a pretty big pickup there for SMU as they pick up Isaac Slade Matatia, uh, the uh, linebacker out of Oregon, uh, ranked as one of the very best uh, guys in the transfer portal recently. The Athletic put out some story about like the 100 biggest impact transfers, mm-hmm. and, and he's one of them. So big SMU get there getting SMU. another big transfer? I know. Pretty Wild. <laughs> um, some sad news here, um, and that is has to do with uh, Ladaryl McNeil. Uh, Ladaryl McNeil, uh, you may remember the name. He was a star at Wilmer Hutchins. I believe, in fact, I know this for a fact because Greg Powers and I were going through old super teams last year, mm-hmm. last week, because that's how we party. Um, he was a super team member. I want to say in 2011 or 2012, um, went to Tennessee uh, and pl- started 41 games for Tennessee, uh, he has uh, he has died at the age of 27 in uh, in a car wreck, oh, no. um, a, a a terrible terrible um, uh, you know uh, news. I, I believe I believe it's car. I, I say that I want to be I want to be very clear about this that I want to make sure I get this I get this right. Uh, I had I had heard there was a car wreck. I want to make sure of this, but it was some sort of um, yeah. But he said he was 27. I guess what they're saying is he. Um, we're not seeing any details right now, not that they're particularly um, important. But uh, Ladero McNeil, 27 years old, has passed yeah. away um, at the age of 27. Very sad. Uh, you know, like I said, a star out there at, uh, at at Wilmer Hutchins before he moved on to Tennessee. Uh, but uh, he has uh, passed away at the age of 27. Ladero McNeil uh, is dead. Uh, some Texas high school football coaching news in much uh, less important news. Um, but there was a, a relatively – there are a couple of pretty significant moves – 
uh, that came down uh, last week, believe it or not, in July. One of them, (laughs) one of them, probably the biggest one, is that North Forney will have a new coach. Uh, Randy Jackson Mm -hmm. is retiring after four seasons at North Forney. Uh, He's been a head coach for 21 seasons, gone 170 and 78. Um, He has been at North Forney for four seasons. He is is retiring from what we understand, Um, stepping down. They have promoted uh, assistant head coach Eric Luster to head coach. Uh, Eric Luster has been a head coach before. He was cor- head coach at Corpus Christi West Oso in the earlier part of the last oh, the decade. Um, so uh, North Forney will have a new coach here uh, in, on July 8th. That's pretty uh, significant. Uh, also, kind of cleaning up some other things, um, uh, Cedar Park Vista Ridge. We mentioned that Rodney Vincent uh, is, uh, is, is, uh, out, is leaving uh, Cedar Park Vista Ridge. They have hired... Uh, their defense, they promote their defense coordinator, Chad Scott, mm-hmm. to be their new head coach. Elsewhere, uh, as far as external hires are concerned, uh, Red Oak. So yep. you remember, let's go through the, let's go through <laughs> I was the process. Say, this is a ladder. Here we go. <laughs> All right, let's see if we can do this. Down the path. <laughs> let's, let's see if we can do this. So Tom Westerberg leaves Barber's Hill. Okay, <laughs> so big, <nice>. ex- okay. <laughs> big explosion in space. Yes. Earth cools. Tom Westerberg, Westerberg leaves, Barber's, leaves Hill. Barber's Hill to become the new AD at um, Hayes Consolidated Ice Tea. Okay? He leaves to go there. Barber's Hill goes and hires Carl Absec. Mm-hmm. Carl Absec, the coach at Cedar Park, uh, of course, guided them to a state championship game. He, uh, he led them to a title, uh, I believe, back in 2015. Uh, he is now moving on to uh, Barber's, Barber's Hill. Hill. Cedar Park yep. goes and hires <laughs> former Cedar Park assistant uh, Michael Quintero. Michael Quintero was the coach at Red Oak. Red Oak, uh, of course, was a pretty darn good, uh, mm-hmm. pretty darn good school last year. Uh, they the Michael Quintero was promoted from defensive coordinator to head coach there at Red Oak. He is now leaving Red Oak uh, to go to Cedar Park, a place he's familiar with. That leaves Red Oak open, and Red Oak. <laughs> here's the headline. <laughs> Red Oak has hired Tony Holmes. Tony Holmes is the DeSoto defensive coordinator, leaving uh, the, kind of that that I twenty corridor, uh, or at least one school in the I twenty corridor. To well, go their to OC was hired somewhere else too. Yes, correct? DeSoto's DeSoto's um, had a few different uh, coaching changes. Say Claude is pumping them out over uh, there. Yeah, and so uh, Tony Holmes, the yeah. new coach at Red Oak, that's a long way of saying uh, that that <laughs> loop has finally closed. Um, I think we we might have missed this. If not, I'll mention it again. But uh, but Michael Young has left uh, um, Lake Dallas uh, to become the AD at Little Elm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have made Lake Dallas has made a hire. Uh, they have promoted their defensive coordinator Jason Young to be their new head coach. So that's cool. They don't have to change placard. Mm-hmm. Can just say Coach Young. They'll be good. <laughs> uh, yeah, go ahead. Six and say it's 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 to the point of the stepmom season that if there are coaching changes, you can almost guarantee it's going to be an internal hire i think that's fair Pretty or at least that's, that's the, that's the so or here, they're going into a pocket of someone that they've had before so here's like. the thing right now at 12 12 p.m on the 12th on july 12th ooh, it's a number some numbers podcast. are the same <laughs> uh there are three open uil head football coaching jobs fourth polytechnic is open oh, the santa rosa is open the warriors uh and evadale is oh, open Paris. No, Polytechnic. no, Polytechnic is the parents. You got oh, okay. it. I was saying, I was oh, saying that, I was that like, Santa Rosa. No, it's is literally the, Poly. The, like, yeah. Poly want a cracker. Yes. 
Ever, I've never thought about that. You ever that. put that together? No, Santa Rosa. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> Santa Rosa is open uh, and Evadilla are open. Those are the three open jobs. Um, but and and been... Polly will be an internal hire. We put go. in the comments there too. There we go. Uh, so there you go. We will we will see how those shake out. But I think finally silly season is starting to close. We had one more kind of big rush this week, and there's that. Okay. I want to point you to three things that we've got on the web, okay, okay? on the internets. You log on to your browser. Uh, you pop in the free uh, hours from AOL, mm-hmm. and you go to texasfootball.com. Make sure the dial-up tone's going. Matt Stepp is starting his regional outlooks, uh, where he's going region by region and giving his picks for, for the teams to watch and, and things he's excited about. I believe he's even picking all the playoff teams. They may be different than what's in this magazine mm-hmm. because— Stuff has changed. Because, well, not even, not even just stuff has changed, but we also have different opinions. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the opinion of Dave Campbell's Texas football. Matt Stepp is entitled to his own opinion. He's a valuable member of the team that we take his uh, thing into account, but it may be different. Mm-hmm. And so you can check out his predictions. Uh, uh, I believe he got uh, the first one, I think 6A Division One Region 1 is up right now. If I remember correctly, let's make sure. Yeah, 6A Division One Region 1. Or 6A, there's no Division One. I'm sorry. 6A Region 1 Outlook is up. <laughs> predictions Restart. for every district, et cetera, et cetera. There's that. Also, uh, Shahan J. Rogers got a piece up on TexasFootball.com about the top 25 biggest impact transfers in college football uh, for Texas in 2021. He just uh, dropped that in the comments, too. So if yes. you want the link directly to that, it's in there. Yes. And so you can see who's going to be the biggest impact, according to our college football insider, Shahan J. Rogers, on TexasFootball.com. And finally, finally, I want to direct you to somewhere not on TexasFootball.com. Because it's right here. Oh, no. Right? I was going to do one more thing. There's one more link, and then we'll get to that. Oh, okay. good. I was excited. Not on TexasFootball.com. But our friends, friends? I don't know if they call us friends. I think that they're our friends. They may not <laughs> think they're, we're their friends. At Good Bull Hunting. Good Bull Hunting is a Texas A&M blog, I believe in the SB Nation blogosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they cover, uh, they cover Texas A&M. Good dudes over there. I like them. They may not like me. That's fine. Th- one of their guys, I believe Robert Barron's wrote this. Okay. He's a psychopath. Yes. My kind of psychopath. <laughs> Our he, people. He went through and he he ranked the uniforms for oh, all yeah. 41 four-year Texas college football programs. Mm-hmm. Okay? From 41 to 1, he ranked all of them. It is exceptional. You should go read it. <laughs> I agree with most of it. Not all of it. Okay. Most of it. Uh, it is, it is, and and so if you've ever wanted to see what he thinks of Texas A&M's Kingsville's uniform versus, say, Texas Tech's uniforms, you can see on Good Bull Hunting. Uh, they, it's a, it's an excellent, excellent piece worth your time, and will certainly get people arguing, which I love. <laughs> One more thing, pickle, is that we are ready to announce the winner of the 2021 All Star Inflatables Texas High School Football mascot costume challenge of course we had a long tournament mm-hmm. uh going through a bracket challenge in uh, voting t- uh, determined by the fans of what you think is the best mascot costume in texas high school football we have a winner with thousands upon thousands of votes cast mm-hmm. we do have a winner and the winner of the 2021 all-star inflatables texas high school football mascot costume challenge drum roll please Boom! The Ducks of Taylor. The Taylor Ducks. The 2021 
All-Star Inflatables Texas High School Football Mascot Costume Challenge Champion. Congratulations to the Taylor community. That is quite a duck. Uh, yeah, and this was yeah, the, like the costume itself is yes, like it could be a way worse duck. That's a very it's, very it's, good. It's not duck. only a good mascot; it's an excellent duck, which is what it, which <laughs> what mattered. The Taylor Ducks, the winners of the twenty twenty one All Star Inflatables Texas High School Ball Mascot Costume Challenge. Uh, thanks to everybody who voted. Uh, we appreciate it, and uh, make sure you can check out more information on texasfootball.com. We are at Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. I hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's our subscription package. Two magazines, including this bad boy, and it's a good boy. Uh, this magazine, you get the 2021 Summer Edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football mailed directly to you. You also get a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com, including premium podcasts, including uh, all sorts of good stuff, access to our archives, uh, stuff behind our paywall, uh, including the top 25 transfers that I was mentioning. TexasFootball.com slash subscribe to become Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Uh, what's a holiday that's coming up? Go. Uh, uh, for Pickle's birthday, which is tomorrow. Get your friend a subscription <laughs> to Dave Campbell's Texas Football at texasfootball.com slash subscribe. Sure. Pickle, let's go to the hotline. We are continuing our series of state of the program addresses, uh, looking at the 12 FBS teams across the state of Texas. We have landed in the 806. Let's go up to Lubbock to talk with uh, the man up there at the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. We're joined by Carlos Silva Jr. Carlos, how are you? Fine and you, Tip. How doing, are you? Doing excellent. Appreciate uh, appreciate you hopping on with us. I know uh, you're a busy man this time of year. Um, I th- well, I think we all are. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's good to be busy this time, uh, as we all know what happened last year. So I think it's yes. nice to, to, to just Ab- kind of have a, a sort of normalcy. Absolutely true. All right. I want to ask you, we're here talking a little bit about Texas Tech Red Raiders. Uh, I, I, we're, this is a program that, that obviously entering its third year under Matt Wells, uh, I think is under some pressure to win. Last year at four and six in a weird fits and starts season, you know, take whatever you want from, from 2020. But, you know, they go into this year, I think, with, with, with expectations to go out there and win some games. Uh, apologies for the purposefully vague question, but when you take a look at what's happening out there in Lubbock, what do you think is the state of the program out there at Texas Tech? I think it's exactly what you just laid out there, Tanner. Uh, after back-to-back four-win seasons, there's a little bit of pressure on Matt Wells, but I think the one thing that everyone can agree on, whether it's Nationals, even though some are starting to kind of understand it, is they've really worked the transfer portal. They've been able to shore up some of the deficiencies they had where in the two-def they may have not had all that depth that you were looking for when he initially got here after replacing Cliff Kingsbury. So I think uh, the, the biggest thing, obviously, as you guys know, last year was letting go David Yost, their offensive coordinator, getting Sonny Cumbie in, and just getting a, a fresh new start on the offensive end, which is something that I think that's kind of foreign to Texas Tech fans is the fact that your defense is going to probably be better than your offense, at least starting off, although Tyler Shuck should hopefully – help you a little bit in terms of throwing the football a little bit farther down the field than maybe you had in previous years with David Yost and Sonny Cumbie wanting to be a little bit more aggressive. And he says it's a version of the air raid, but it's kind of his little take on it. 
I think that's something to look forward to. But I think uh, when you look at Texas Tech with all the guys that they brought in, the TJ Storman from TCU to shore up the offensive line, which has got a bunch of guys that have experience, I think that's going to be really the biggest thing to watch is can this offense for Texas Tech really step up and score points where the defense last year really showed that it was able to turn the ball over, get it to the offense, but they weren't able to take advantage of that last year. You know, I think that in in a year where there's not a ton of known commodities out there at um, at the quarterback spot across the state of Texas, you know, Texas in an interesting position in the sense that they have a new quarterback in Tyler Shug, but he is a transfer. And, uh, you know, a highly, a highly touted transfer, but you talk with Oregon fans and they are, you know, they don't necessarily know what to think of him. Um, when, when you're out there at camp, you're out there at practice, you're around the program, what is the vibe right now around Tyler Shuck? Because I, it does feel like a lot, of, a lot of the hopes of Texas Tech kind of taking the next step um, depend on him. What is the vibe right now around him leading that offense? I think the one thing you can take away is that now there's a little bit of competition mm-hmm. at the quarterback position because I know everyone's going to be focused on Tyler Shuck, but then you have your leading guy that threw the football last year in Henry Columbia. He was very good last year. Alan Bowman, of course, uh, didn't play too much last year due to injuries. He transferred to Michigan, but there's a lot of competition. And I think Tyler Shuck is certainly someone that is going to embrace that. He started seven games at Oregon on their way to it, to obviously some postseason uh, accolades as well and I think the only reason he transferred was because Anthony Brown who replaced him at certain times throughout the season uh, for the Ducks last year was probably the reason he decided to transfer and obviously it was a huge coup for Tech because you're going to get a guy that can throw the ball downfield has a little bit of a dual threat ability which is something that you were missing a little bit maybe with Alan Bowman and maybe Cliff Kingsbury with his offensive mind and genius if you will was able to hide it so to speak to where he was able to get a little bit quicker passes and maybe now I think that's going to be really the key with Tyler Shuck. Yes. I think you're going to see a true quarterback. When you look at him, you, you, you think quarterback. I think that's the best way some people around, uh, uh, around the program have kind of said, it's just, he looks like a quarterback he throws. I, and I know it sounds really dumb, but it's just, he throws like a quarterback. He looks like a quarterback, but I think the important thing is, can you protect that quarterback? Because that's something that hasn't happened the last couple of years. You look at any Columbia, he was, a guy that ran the football, sometimes he had to lead the team rushing in certain games because he was running for his life, as you guys kind of saw Texas Tech play last year. And I think that's something that if you can shore that up, you have plenty of playmakers to throw the ball to, including Kevin Geiger from Troy, a transfer that they just got recently to provide more depth for the wide receiver core, which hopefully will have Eric Izzikonma uh, return in the fall after he broke his arm in two places in, uh, during the spring. Well, and you mentioned we're talking Carlos Silva Jr. Uh, of the Lubbock Avalanche Journal on Texas football today. Get involved in the conversation hashtag TF today. You you mentioned the weapons that they're going to have. Um, it, you know, not only the the receivers. You know, you mentioned the the, the transfer and Geiger, but Azukanma and, and and guys like McLean Mannix and stuff like that. My question, and then you add in like the running back situation. You know, Sir Roderick Thompson. Is this the most complete set? of skill position guys that Matt Wells has had since he arrived? I think it's fair to say because, as I mentioned before, he knew that there were some holes mm-hmm. and some deficiency in the depth chart. I think they did a good job of finding guys in the transfer portal that, one, kind of got them old, which is uh, 
something that Tim Tadlock likes to do every once in a while, or Chris Beard, uh, previously when he was a Texas Tech, he should do by getting a transfer portal, getting some guys that have experience and were able to, you know, not necessarily need a, a year or two to wait for them to develop. They already knew what they had. They knew the resume. Their, I mean, the resume was their tape. So I'm sure that's what they saw with Kalen Geiger. They knew he was a guy that could bring in some experience and leadership, and not only that, but he was a pretty darn good player. Um, an all-sunbelt player, if I'm not mistaken. So I think that's something that you can look at. But the thing is, is like I said, Temper, if uh, you're not able to block for Tyler Shuck or create those running lanes for Sir Thompson, if he's able to come back after that shoulder surgery that he had in the spring, although you do have some other guys in Taj Brooks and you know Xavier White and all these other guys at the running back position, yes, to your point, they do have a lot more depth. They do have a lot more playmakers. But can you block for them or can you create those running lanes? I think that's going to be the – the key for the offense this year for Texas Tech. Uh, nobody ever talks about Texas Tech's defense, which is a shame because I don't know. I sit here and 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 you know Keith Patterson, the defense coordinator, I think is a guy who flies under people's radar. I think that they have pretty quietly improved. I'm not saying that this is one of the best defenses in the country or anything like that, but it does look like they've taken steps forward. Um, and it seems like that could continue. That trajectory could continue into 2021. Do you get the feeling that Tech's defense um, could take that next step and become a legit asset, as opposed to just maybe not the biggest liability that it, that it that it, it has been in the past? I would almost argue to say that they were not a liability last year. They yeah. created turnovers. They made goal line stops. I think the the most Memorable one was Colin Schooler almost decleating or decleating the Baylor quarterback at the goal line last mm-hmm. year and just showing, okay, this is why Texas Tech went after Colin Schooler and kind of showed his talent. And he returns, by the way, along with Rico Jeffers, Jacob Morgenstern, and five of the top uh, eight tacklers last year, if I'm not mistaken, were linebackers. So I think that's going to be something that you can look at is something that Keith Patterson's going to really enjoy is the fact that all of his linebackers already know his system. They already know how to play. They're going to make open field tackles. They have a pretty decent uh, secondary with the Marcus Fields returning and some of the other transfers uh, that I was talking to you about. I know Adrian Fry returns. He was with Texas Tech. But then you look at Rayshad Williams from UCLA, Eric Monroe, LSU. He returns for a second year. He's looking to play a lot better. But the guy that everyone is really excited about is Marquise Waters out of Duke. Didn't play that much there, but it seems like everyone in the in the program is really talking about how much he could make a difference, including Matt Wells. And I think that's the name that you're going to be hearing in the fall. And if he does make a big difference, that's going to be huge for Texas Tech. But just like on offense where a battle will be won with the trenches, I think the trenches will be where Texas Tech will know if their defense is good or not. Because, yes, they do return some guys on the defensive line, like a Tony Bradford, Jalen Hutchings, and Tyree Wilson. But after that, uh, you're kind of – Kind of like what I was talking about with offense, the depth chart, the depth, it's it, it's not as where you'd like it on the defensive line. But the top three, like I said, the Jalen Hutchings, Tony Bradford, the Tyree Wilson, hopefully with an with a true year of offseason work instead of just getting here right before August practices. I think that should help him. Now, whether or not they can kind of stay on the field as long as they can, I know Keith Patterson likes to have a nice rotation. That will be seen in the fall. But I think that's going to be the one part of the defense that if you're a tech fan, you can kind of watch. And if that succeeds, that means your defense is going to be pretty good. Uh, finally, with Carlos Silva of the Lubbock Avalanche Journal here, uh, this is year three for Matt Wells. And obviously, 2020, 
it's hard to count that as a full year. It was such a strange, strange situation. Um, you know, most most places will tell you that if you're not showing progress by year three, then you're on the hot seat. I'm not asking to to tell me whether or not Matt Wells's job is in jeopardy. What I will ask though is is what would constitute success for tw- for for Texas Tech? I don't think that there's I don't think anybody's expecting them to go out there and win a national championship this year. But what would constitute success for 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 Texas Tech in 2021? Well, certainly more than four wins yeah. uh, in, 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 in a joking manner, obviously. But I think six to seven uh, would probably answer your question, six to seven wins. And not only that, but get to a bowl game because that's essentially what you're looking for. When Initially, when he was hired, Kirby Hoke had said that he wanted an elite coach to kind of lead his program. And obviously, maybe the, the wording is probably still correct in his mind. But the thing is, is after two years, if you only have eight wins, not necessarily the, the, the type of coach that you're looking for. But the thing is, is he has been building this team to this third year. And like I said, there's a lot of talent on this team, but can they put it all together? And I think that's going to be the general storyline here for Texas Tech is yes, they've struggled the first two years, but they've been building. They finally got a new offensive coordinator. They got the quarterback that they feel that can lead them to the promised land in terms of what they want to do on the offensive side of the ball. Their defense seems to be really good with Keith Patterson in his uh, third year with the program here. So I think the product is there. It's just, will the results show? And I think that's going to be what, you know, makes the, uh, the, the, the hot seats or, mm-hmm. or the seat get a little bit warmer for Matt Wells throughout the fall. But certainly the, the non-conference looks pretty good for Texas Tech as they start with Houston. But I think uh, Big 12 is really where he has to show some progress because you've only won five games in the Big 12 in those first two years. You certainly have to at least try to get yourself a winning record in the Big 12 or at least 500. And I think that's showing progress for, for Texas Tech and Matt Wells. He's Carlos Silva Jr. He's the sports editor there at the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. Follow him on Twitter at CM Silva Jr. Uh, Carlos, appreciate your time, my man. And uh, I guess we'll probably see you uh, next week in Arlington. Is that correct? That would be correct. I will actually be uh, Big 12 Media Day probably around 5 or 6 tomorrow with Don Williams. So if wow. you guys want to chat with uh, good old Don, the encyclopedia of Lubbock. I know you, <laughs> you like to joke and call me the king. Don is technically the encyclopedia of Lubbock. So. Well, looking forward to seeing you guys. Appreciate your time, my man. Yes, sir. There he goes. Carlos Silva Jr. of the Lubbock Avalanche Journal joining us here on Texas Football Today. Um, I know Shahan J. Raja, our college football insider, is 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 bullish on tech. Yeah. And um, you know, and he's he's been I don't want I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he's basically said on paper, mm-hmm. he's like, I'm not you know, on paper is different than on the field. Absolutely. Right. Because on paper there's a lot to like about tech. Yeah. Uh, in 2021. If they can get that quarterback position a, figured out. It's uh, quarterback. Click. He mentioned it's quarterback. It's offensive it's, line. Mm-hmm. I have concern. He mentioned the defensive line. I have concern about defensive line yeah. too. Um, but those are the three spots. If they can just be pretty good there, I mean, there's no reason that they can't get into that kind of, let's say, second tier of the Big 12. Right, yeah. Behind the Oklahomas and the Iowa States. I don't think they're competing for a Big 12 championship, but I don't think it's too much to ask for them to be in the top half. No, but I think they could go, I think they could realistically go like five and four, six and three in in conference. You know what I mean? Like top end, six and three would be really, really good. Yeah. So we'll see. We appreciate Carlos Silva Jr. of the Lubbock Avalanche Journal hopping on with us. Now let's go over to the pickle jar. Uh, to a very, very tan Ashley Pickle from America's <laughs> second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Yeah, I got some good sun. It was nice. Um, so Hector Rios clarified Lubbock's nickname, the Hump mm-hmm. City, 
derives from it being the economic, educational, and healthcare hub of the multi-county region north of the Permian Basin and south of the Texas Panhandle, commonly referred or South commonly Plains. called the South Plains. Okay, so, so it's the hub of the South Plains. Yeah, which I guess would make sense because you said Far was one of them, yeah. like down in the RGV. They, they consider that like the hub of the so RGV. So that's the hub of the RGV. So I guess it's one of those things like in when you have like the massive, massive regions of mm-hmm. Texas, like where, but then you go into like what's the hub of the Piney Woods or what's the, like is Longview I know what the hub, the hub yeah. of, you know, like yeah. East Texas, like, but yeah, I guess that makes sense. When I you've mean, got a bunch of counties in wide open space. Like your apartment is the hub of, party city Ex- thank you see this all makes sense now <laughs> that checks out <laughs> it's gonna do it for us thanks for, oh oh i guess we should probably issue we'll issue programming yeah we've notes. got a lot of programming notes <laughs> okay so here's how this is going the I, I mentioned this friday but I'll, I'll mention it again we had a show today that's what's closing right now we just did that actually yeah we will have a show tomorrow That'll i believe be tomorrow. we're working on having greg powers and moving him up to tomorrow for this week in recruiting there's no show Wednesday because Pickle and I are going to the Texas Six Man Coaches Association Clinic up in Wichita Falls. Yeah, come say hi to us. As as she would say. I, I know there's one of those coaches in the uh, in the comments over here that you can't guess who it is. <laughs> Yeet. Yeet. Um, and then uh, and then uh, also Mallory and Shahan and I think Will are going to Big Twelve Media Days day one. There's no show on Thursday for a number of reasons. One, I'll be celebrating my anniversary with my wife. Mm-hmm. My I have to mention that. Uh, but also Pickle and Mallory and Shahan and Will are going to Big 12 Media Days Day 2. Yep. We will have a show on Friday, God willing, and the creek don't rise. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have a show on Friday. We'll do Mailbag Friday, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then we're not going to have a show until next, next. Wednesday yeah. because we're going to be at THSEA Coaching School and Convention in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. So there's all that. <laughs> so we'll see it. Just keep coming of. here and like if we have a show, great. And if not, whatever. Don't yell at us Don't on Twitter. It's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Thanks again to Carlos Silva Jr. of the Lubbock Avalanche Journal for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please meet your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.